Well, good morning, everyone. It's very nice to see you all. I always look forward to seeing you. And if you're visiting this morning, you're very, very welcome. I'm Mike. I lead the church here. I'd love to meet you afterwards. I've met some of you who are visiting, but I'd love to meet you afterwards. Uh, This morning, what I want to do is think about expectations. And expectations in life, they they are often uh, light at the heart of life. Expectations of what our life's going to be like, our work, other people, husbands, children, you know. But actually, what I want to focus on is our expectations of God this morning. Uh, uh, What uh, are appropriate expectations of God? And I want to kick off with a question, really, just to get the juices flowing, which is, what are your expectations of God in your own life at the moment? You know, what are you hoping he'll do? Uh, What are you going for? What are you praying for? And as Lucy said, at the risk of sounding repetitive, uh, in this uh, series of weeks, we are going over our vision, love God, love people, make a difference. We're thinking about how we can transform Guildford and beyond. And we're focusing on three things. Uh, shine brightly, uh, build family, and live courageously. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to speak about God's expectations around shining brightly. And basically, that means about uh, speaking about our faith, how we can be people who speak about Jesus. And uh, that's the plan. How does that sound? Are you ready? So I'm reading from Acts 8, and we'll go through this gradually. Do get it up on your phones. Feel free to register for the lunch if you want to. It doesn't bother me. Be yourselves. And um, I'm going to be looking, uh, whatever you're doing at Acts 8, Philip and the Ethiopian. And uh, there are Bibles at the back. If you haven't got a phone in front of you, it should come up on the screen as well as we go through this. Now, this is uh, an encounter between Philip and the Ethiopian. And I want to just say a few things about this. The first is that this encounter is supernatural. This uh, encounter is supernatural. This is the uh, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip is there. He's minding his own business. He has an encounter with an angel who asks him to do stuff. And in the Bible, there are lots of encounters with angels. It's there in Genesis 3. There's an angel in the Garden of Eden. Abraham entertains angels without realizing it. There's a number of angels. And, uh, you know, the arrival of Jesus seems to prompt a lot of angelic activity. And uh, in the book of Acts, actually, there are 18 encounters between angels and the first disciples. So, um, That's supernatural, isn't it? So I'm being very basic this morning. But God is supernatural. He's powerful. He's not like us. He's different. And he works very, very powerfully and supernaturally. And if we're going to shine brightly, that's a good place uh, to start, that God is supernatural. And it always makes me smile when Christians say, I'm not really into the supernatural. (laughs) Because I sort of think, well, (laughs) what about God becoming human? (laughs) What about the resurrection? Um, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's quite funny. So are you expecting uh, God to actually do anything supernatural at this time in your life? Uh, are, you, are, you, are you open to that? Uh, I haven't always been open to that. I remember at theological college, we were learning all sorts of stuff, and I was asked to speak in a school about Jesus, so uh, I went along, and I was praying beforehand, uh, actually, before I went, and I had this vision of a room, uh, and there were three boys sitting, and their, their faces were illuminated. I could see their faces, 
And I felt the Spirit say to me, they're going to come to faith. And I was, I don't know about you, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite freaked out. I was like, that's so weird. Uh, so anyway, I turn up at Radley School, the chaplain, hello, and we go to the room, and the room is as I've seen. The three boys are sitting on the back right-hand side. At the end of the thing, I said, look, does anyone want to give their life to Jesus? All three of them put their hand up, came to faith. So God moves supernaturally, and this is what's going on with this encounter with Philip. And it's very, very important that if we're going to be a church that shines brightly, we're open to the supernatural, and we're people who have committed to speak about Jesus and who he is, his love, his kindness, his grace, and all the things we've sung about this morning. And what I love about Philip is he starts out in verse 27. He has this angelic visitation, and he starts out. And we need to be people who just start out to shine brightly, to speak about him. And uh, actually, I want to encourage you in this season to be praying for one or two people to come to faith and to actually focus on them, go for it, and start with praying for them. This is a practical bit, okay? Uh, really pray, start praying for them. Just one or two people. Have you, do you know anyone you could be praying for? Hands up. Okay, that's all of us, just about, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was speaking to a bishop on FaceTime uh, last Wednesday morning, I think it was, and uh, here we were having this chat, and da-da-da-da-da, and suddenly this alarm clock goes, and I could see him flapping, you know, what's the alarm? I was just a bit embarrassed, so I was just, do what you want. And he said, sorry, sorry, I've got an alarm, uh, uh, and uh, I set it every day at 11.02, and I said, oh, really? I, why did you do that? And he said, he said, I've committed with all the clergy in my diocese. We pray for two people at 11 o'clock every day to come to faith. And we're just praying for them, praying for them, praying for them. So you could set your alarm at 11.02 if you want to. Did you like that little illustration? So let's be people who shine, who speak about Jesus Christ, knowing that his expectation on us is that we'll do that. That's what he expects. Matthew 28, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm always with you. So that's what he expects us to do. And I don't mean that in a heavy way. The energy suddenly changed in the room, didn't it? Oh, okay, Mike. <laughs> but, you know, we've got to just be blunt about that, isn't it? That's kind of what he asks us to do. And whatever you do, don't get super spiritual. Okay, we're looking at angelic encounters today. I'm telling a few uh, stories, uh, 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 amazing uh, stories I've been involved in, I think, not in a sort of showy way, but, uh, but actually you don't need to be super spiritual. You don't need an angel to speak about Jesus. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaks about Jesus in and out of season. And I've had amazing encounters and stuff like Philip had, but it's been a, an absolute minority. Most of the time, I've just made a decision to go for it. Because that's what Jesus wants me to do. I don't need to discern it. I just go for it. So, that's the opening observation of three. God is supernatural. I told you it would be basic, but what are you hoping him to do in your life? Uh, are you expecting him to do anything? Secondly, this encounter I want to suggest this morning is very, very unlikely. He goes down uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza, so he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So here's the thing. 
Philip's there. He has this encounter with an angel. Uh, he says, go into the desert. It's like there's nothing there. I've been on this road. There is nothing there. It's boiling hot. It's a little bit, it's beautiful, but it's a little bit unpleasant. And uh, very, very unlikely. And it's very, very unlikely that this very important person will be there. Uh, but Philip, bless him, he goes, and uh, he has this encounter. And uh, it's quite an extraordinary uh, encounter. And I say that God is supernatural, but this, this encounter is also unlikely because we can often think it's unlikely that God's going to do anything. What about that person you thought of praying, oh, it's unlikely they'll ever come to faith? No. No. Have you ever given up? Have you ever thought, oh, God's not gonna, it's unlikely God's ever going to use me? Or it's unlikely anything's going to happen? Or it's unlikely God's going to do anything? And uh, we've got to watch that because this is unlikely, but it happens. Many years ago, I was a curate, and I was, my training incumbent was teaching me. He said, it's important when you preach that you don't just, just sort of read out the Bible. You need to really cover it in prayer. Think of prayer about what God wants you to speak about. So I was doing that, and I, I was doing an 8 o'clock service one Sunday morning. It was a Book of Common Prayer, 1662 service. I quite like. There were five people. They were all over 80. They're quite traditional. And I'm praying then, listening to my comment, what passage should I speak from? And it says, I want you to speak from this gospel passage, from the lectionary, which is set readings. And at the end of it, I want you to pray for supernatural healing. And I'm like, I don't know what you'd think. I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a train crash. Because, you know, the people are lovely, William, Joan, Charles, they're fantastic, but they don't, they'll find that really embarrassing. So, you know, like you're going to ask someone out and you get that heartbeat, you you start sweating and it's like, so I get to the end of my sermon and I say, uh, and by the way, what I like to do is just uh, pray for supernatural healing (laughs) now. And if anyone wants to pray, just come up now, we'll pray for you. And I hadn't noticed, but this very well-dressed African lady had walked in, and she came straight to the front, and you could see Joan, sort of everyone looking really shocked. This is a bit vulgar, you know. And um, so she came out. I said hi, and she said, she said, actually, I'm a businesswoman from Africa, and uh, I, uh, I was shopping on Oxford Street yesterday near the church I was doing my curacy in, and she said, um, I'm in a very difficult situation. I've, we've been trying with my husband for years to get pregnant haven't been able to conceive. It's a source of great shame in, in, in my life, particularly from my husband in his position in the government, and we're, we're, we're just really uh, just bereft. She said, I was shopping on Oxford Street, and I, she was a Christian. She said, I saw your church, and I felt God say to me, if I turn up tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, the priest will pray for your healing, and you'll conceive, and you'll bear a child. So I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. So she said, would you pray for me? I said, sorry, I'm too busy. No, I said, okay. So I I was like, Lord, please help this lady conceive. I never got her number. I wish I had. But, you know, she'll have a baby now, won't she? I see. Odds on. And uh, you see, it's unlikely, but you see, God brings her with me. I reflect on that story. The most amazing thing, I think, is that actually God is bringing people together. And 
leading and guiding people. And God is also watching over people. He's watching over your life. He actually has plans for your life. He knows what's going on in your life, in the struggles, in the difficulties. But it's not like a random thing we're caught up. It's not like chance with God. It's not like, oh, maybe, maybe not. You know, actually, he's covered you. He loves you. He delights in you. And he's watching over your life. So the second thing I want to say is that um, this is unlikely. It's an unlikely encounter. It's this really wealthy person uh, in the middle of nowhere uh, in the desert. But God's working. and He's touching people. I used to be a corporate finance lawyer. On my last night, the, the, the partners took me out for, the, we went for this sort of drinks thing in the city somewhere, in some swanky bar. And I remember talking to the head of the corporate finance area. He's this wild guy. He was just so, he used to crack jokes that make people cry. Literally, they were so un-PCC. You know, it was just, he was just, oh, extraordinary. And uh, at the end of the night, I, I, I said, hey, Peter, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, and he said, Mike, you're going to be a vicar, aren't you? He said, it's such a shame you're going to be a vicar. But anyway, he said, um, <laughs> he said, I'm so delighted you're going to be someone who speaks about God. Whatever you do, always hold the truth. I'm like, wow, because God's working in people's hearts, you see. It's unlikely, but God's working. He's set eternity in people's hearts. Now, and if you're thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind getting good at this, I'm hopeless at this, join the club, I feel like that. The Jens is leading this course called Talking Jesus, and it's starting practical tips on how we can shine and speak about Jesus. So put it in your diary, whatever you do, the dates will be on the website. So this encounter is supernatural, this encounter is uh, unlikely, finally, this encounter is Utterly wonderful, I want to suggest. And uh, basically, it's wonderful because this God himself, the Spirit, has prepared uh, the Ethiopian. He's working in his heart and preparing him for this encounter. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, verse 27, on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And uh, God is stirring him and preparing him, you see, as he is all people. I had a chat with a woman a few weeks ago, and, and I, I, she wasn't a Christian. I said, what's going on? And God had been preparing her. She said, it's funny, at this time in my life, I feel like I'm about to jump off a cliff into God's life and into his water. And I just, I said, well, do you want to jump? She said, yes. And I thought, well, God has been preparing her and working. And she came to faith. But, you know, it's God's work, and he was preparing this Ethiopian. He's also working in the life of uh, Philip, if you look at this. And um, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And so he sort of goes, what happens? Then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and it's, it's almost comical, this encounter. It's so sort of match. It's like match, the perfect sort of evangelistic match. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And you see some tips here for how we can speak about faith. You know, Philip basically uh, asks some really good questions. He doesn't come with a set spiel. He doesn't come with his da-da-da-da-da-da. He, he asks questions and listens to the questions. He listens to this guy. How can I? He said, unless... So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the unit was reading. And he goes through that bit from Isaiah. And he just meets the man where he's at. 
and uh, actually just listens and responds to where he's at. And he starts with this guy, where he's at. That's really important. When I'm speaking to people, I'm always thinking, who are you? What's really going on? What's, you know, well, I don't want to give you the sort of, uh, my little pat, where are you? What's happening? And uh, he starts explaining things of God with the word of God. And basically, uh, in the end, it comes to a climax, doesn't it? And uh, he, he tells him the really embarrassing news about Jesus. He tells him the really irrelevant, dull news about Jesus. He tells him that outdated stuff. You know, the church, oh, that's so yesterday. He tells him the powerless news of Jesus. He shamefully speaks about Jesus in public at work. Tells him the good news of Jesus, uh, which is extraordinary and powerful and life-transforming, as we've sung about today. And uh, you see that in this baptism, really, baptism. Uh, they go on, don't they? And uh, as they travel along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Love that picture. Baptism is a great picture of what Jesus has done. It symbolizes uh, uh, a new start. It symbolizes cleansing, and ultimately, it symbolizes death to life. That's what uh, is the reality of being people who speak about Jesus and followers of Jesus. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. There's so much great stuff out there. People look for meaning in all sorts of places, uh, but ultimately we hold out the words of life, Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't know. I, it makes me weep just thinking about what we're caught up in with this extraordinary Christ. And you never know what's going to happen, you know. You never know what's going to happen. Um, people don't really know, but they think uh, this Ethiopian guy basically went on and brought Jesus into Ethiopia and the region of Ethiopia. Ire Irenaeus in the second century thought that. You never know the consequences of your conversations. I remember 25 years ago, I led this guy to faith. God used me to do that. And um, he was a Turkish guy called Mehmet. And very tall, very softly spoken guy. And he was working in IT, I think. And he came to faith. And basically, uh, one day we were talking, a couple of years later, he said, I feel God is calling me to take the message of Jesus to my village and surrounding towns. And uh, I keep up with him on Facebook. And uh, I was a bit worried because it was quite dangerous in his area to do that. Uh, and he went. And, but he's, he's, he's led hundreds and hundreds of people to faith. Uh, some of his friends have given their life for that. Some of them have been tortured for that. But, you know, who knows what happens when we just step out and have that little nudge and have a conversation. You just never know what God is going to do. So can I just, in closing, ask you, what are your expectations of God? What are you expecting him to do? What are you hoping him to do? And are you going to shine brightly and take some risks? And let me just say, as a church, we put a bit of a timeline together. Those people you pray for, basically, uh, we're having a jazz sort of social night in November. 
you could invite them to that. If they're female, you could bring them to the women's Christmas market towards the end of November, maybe the beginning of December. We've got Christmas services. Can you dare it? believe it? I mentioned the C word, Christmas. Um, but basically, we've got um, they're a great opportunity to invite people. We're doing a big quiz night in January. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Then we're doing some uh, pub session mid-January. Uh, I'm just going to speak briefly about spiritual things. Then we're going to do uh, the next Alpha course. And uh, it's been uh, absolutely brilliant just to see what God is doing in and through us. So are you up for shining brightly? I said, are you up for shining brightly? I said, are you up for shining brightly? Yeah.